don't say that I did all the work or any of that nonsense, okay? But you did do all the work. It, it, it doesn't matter, though. And the home of the Welcome to episode 68 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And we are once again back in the saddle, the proverbial hockey saddle. Uh, it's not really a saddle sport. I guess that would be polo, uh, especially since polo is played with a ball on uh, a non-ice surface. So, um, the, But this isn't the uh, hit the ball with the on horseback <coughs> podcast this is the hit the deck podcast as i just mentioned so uh we're 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 back out there back at it once again doing it for your listening pleasure myself and of course my co-host james how are you sir i'm doing well thank you how about you jolly good <laughs> i guess that's like where polo shirts come from right that's i, I would imagine that's the proper attire to play polo I guess. I mean, that's what the logo is for the polo shirt or whatever the brand is. Right, so that, right. that would make sense. Is there a difference between a polo shirt and a golf shirt? Uh, I mean, I, as someone who's played golf, I'm asking you because I have not played golf, as we've discussed previously. Uh, that's a great question. I don't think so. I uh, it, It's a college shirt with a mm-hmm. couple of buttons on top. And, right. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there is. All right. What about tennis? Hmm. Does tennis wear that kind of shirt as well? Or I think no tennis. Well, I think tennis has a little bit of a looser dress code, but I think it's more of a, um, you know, in tennis players tend to wear more of that like moisture wicking kind of sleek or stuff. I don't know. I, as we discussed last week, I don't watch tennis, so I couldn't say. But you're right. They used to, at least up through the 80s, they, mm-hmm. they wore maybe even through the early 90s. As a matter of fact, I remember like Agassi and stuff wore really baggy shirts yeah. and stuff and collared shirts so uh, had they played tennis like that is beyond me but yeah you're right it really it's shrunk to be like a uh, very tight fitting kind of i guess you don't want that that stuff flopping around you know and now that the technology has improved to the point where you know you have that moisture wicking under armor type stuff that can you know having a tight shirt is a benefit instead of a you know a, a detriment maybe is that it detriment that is the word thank you sir you're welcome you're right though as a matter of fact we've even spoken about the evolution of the hockey jersey or sweater if you will Indeed. and how that is uh, yeah that that went from a really baggy look to a much sleeker look to nowadays so uh, pretty interesting stuff and i do sweat in them profusely but in fairness i sweat in everything profusely so uh, it's not really it's not on the jersey. I, I, I can't put it on the jersey. Fair enough. Anyway, how are you? I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. So uh, we've gone through the new season. We've said goodbye to summer unofficially with Labor Day, and now it's back to school. So how, uh, how did the first day go for, or the first couple of days for your wife and, and lovely daughter? Good. They're, you know, Julia, my daughter, she is enjoying herself. She's you know, new class. So yesterday was her first day of school. She came home very excited, very happy. She likes her teacher. She likes her class. It's, you know, she's excited to see her friends again. Second grade is a big year for her. A couple of sacraments she's going to be making later in the year. And uh, so, you know, good. Today, today was a little less excited. Oh, Mason, one of her classmates mason ruined it for the whole class by talking blah, blah, blah. so uh, i think it's going to be a little bit up and down but you know she's she'll get used to it she's uh she likes school by and large so it, it's good and my wife she has a very good class this year so she says good. a small class so i think she is optimistic and uh and pleased with things the way they are going as well thank you for Excellent. asking 
Yeah, of course. And I hope it stays that way, too, because teachers are wonderful, wonderful people and God bless them. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know how she does it. I I can't. I, I, I can't imagine. I wouldn't want to, frankly, just the workload. I can't imagine teaching all day and then coming home and, you know, working for hours and hours when I'm home and then, you know, going back and and doing it again over and over and over again ad nauseum. It's just, I don't know. When I come home from work, I'm home from work. I need to decompress. I can't, I can't think about that stuff constantly. It would, it would just, it would kill me. Amen. I'm with you on that, man. But uh, so God bless you, teachers, and mine in particular. I second that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sure. Shall we introduce ourselves? I mean, we've been talking for uh, six minutes now. So exactly. uh, why, you know, we should probably get to it. It just seems only fair, polite, appropriate. In fact, so if you've no objection, I shall begin our starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey. And of course, standing here at my proverbial side, my, my vocal side, standing, uh, sitting um, somewhere in Brooklyn talking to me, my uh, illustrious co-host... On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, yes, indeed. The uh, <laughs> he's 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 the one who keeps this thing on track. He uh, when I try desperately to drive us right off a cliff, but so, that's what makes it entertaining and fun. So keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, okay. Which one's Thelma and which one's Louise? I never actually saw that movie. Nor have I, just on principle. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Whoever, I guess. Hmm. I don't I mean, know. I'm a fan of what's her name. I'm such a big fan that I can't remember her name. Um, uh, you know, that very acclaimed actress that was in that movie. You know the one I'm talking about. Susan Sarandon. Yes. I'm a yes, fan of Susan it. Sarandon. I was thinking of, uh, of Bull Durham. I just yeah. did not think of her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. A great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen Bull Durham, you should rectify that. It's not a hockey yeah. movie. It's a baseball no. movie. But, you know, it's great. So watch it. I mean, it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, fact is I couldn't do this by myself. So uh, it's a lot more fun with the American rhino being his rhino like self. Well, one thing you can do by yourself, and I would encourage you to do so if you are willing. Would you be so kind as to enlighten us as to what is on deck for this podcast, James? Yes, sir. Thank you. Hockey in the news. In an article written by Max Reddig for SportsTechie.com, a company called Highmark Interactive is on a mission to help athletes manage concussions and other brain injuries through a unique means. 2017-2018 preseason. To greatly help ease the transition from summer vacation to the new school year, the NHL preseason starts next week. And Fantasy Island. NHL.com lists fantasy players if you're into that kind of thing. While sifting through the obvious choices, Gary and I will also give our opinions of the quote-unquote bargain players you should actually consider drafting. And if you win your league, the American Rhino and I deserve a share of the prize. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are very welcome, sir. You know, I have it on good authority that sometimes a fantasy is all you need. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, whoa. Yeah, Uh, Billy Joel is a genius, so... Uh, Whatever he says goes. (laughs) Well, I don't know. There's that only the good die young thing. And, uh, you know, we're still here. So I don't know what that Hmm. says about us. (laughs) Yeah, right. Good point. So uh, anyway, what do we got on tap here for the first thing? Uh, Let me look at my handy dandy on deck uh, breakdown. Uh, Hockey in the news. Yes. So um, Highmark Interactive. It's uh, on a mission from God to uh, help athletes manage concussions and other brain injuries. See, I can read the things that you wrote and and just said. So uh, what does that mean? Break it down for us, buddy. All right. Yeah. This company, Highmark, is creating a video game, of all things, in order to reach as many people as possible that have suffered concussions or other brain injuries. Now, apparently, it's uh, pretty rampant in Canada, I guess because of the, and I'm assuming here, and forgive me if this is a little racist or prejudiced, but maybe because of all the hockey that they play in Canada, maybe a lot of the times they're not wearing helmets and suffer some sort of head damage or brain damage or a concussion in the process. So apparently a lot of people are affected by that. And the 
company, uh, Highmark Interactive, figured the best way to reach as many people as possible and not just athletes is to come up with a video game to help people recover from concussions and other brain injuries. You know, I don't know that that's racist. I think in Canada, it, hockey is obviously like their national sport. You know, it's it's almost a religion up there. And so kids probably play a lot of informal hockey the way American kids would play football or baseball without helmets. You know, if, if you're not playing for an organized team, you're just kind of getting together and playing, then you're probably a lot more susceptible to those kind of injuries. I mean, we play a pickup game of deck hockey as often as we can, and, and you don't wear a helmet. I wear a mask because I have to, but, you know, just by and large, the guys uh, that are playing, you know, in, in skater positions, traditional skater positions, they don't wear helmets. And we talked about that on the very first episode of Hit the Deck, in fact, when we were talking about concussions. And now 67 episodes later, we're, you know, back talking again about helmets and concussions and the effects thereof. So I don't really know that I had a point there, but it all comes full circle. Maybe I've been hit in the head too many times. <laughs> No, it does come full circle, as a matter of fact. And the statistic that uh, Mr. Reddig quotes is over a million Canadians live with brain injuries of some sort. Wow. And uh, yeah, so that that's an awful lot. And it is known as a quote unquote silent epidemic. And again, that's another reason why they figured that they would go the video game route as opposed to just stay in-house or with athletes and, and keep it at that. The other cool thing is that they've enlisted at least three former athletes in order to help devise the game because the game is in production. I, I guess they're in the first few stages of mm -hmm. making the game. So we don't know what it, what it looks like or what it's about or anything like that at this stage. Again, if you want to go check out Max Reddig or um, sportstechie.com for more information or even the uh, Highmark Interactive themselves, by all means, and we'll definitely put this stuff up on our Facebook page to help you along that. But the cool thing is they enlisted a uh, one-time Olympic world champion for the women's Canadian national hockey team, Haley Wickenheiser. I hope I pronounced that name correctly, a part of the panel. Also an Olympic medal winning snowboarder, Mark McMorris, former NHLer Bryce Salvador. And uh, I think between the three of them, they will be joined with Andy O'Brien, who is the director of sports science and performance for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they have the NHL heavily involved in this as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, ice hockey players who know what they're talking about. And it's good to see somebody else in another related sport in snowboarding to contribute to this as well. So it seems like it's going to be a fun, engaging game. And their goal is to come up with a video game or games that are educational and also help collect a baseline neurological data that can be used to facilitate recovery. So it should be a win-win situation. I think this is a great idea. I really do. Um, I know from my own experience that growing up, I played a lot of video games. And one thing that was always kind of cited as a benefit of that was improved hand-eye coordination. Because, you know, you have to be able to move your controller in order to manipulate your character on the screen. And so, obviously, that you see, you react, and your brain processes those signals. And concussions, the, the big problem with them is that they mess up the brain's ability to process signals. So I think using video games as a way to kind of uh, collect that data in a maybe a more natural setting is fantastic. You know, it's, it's probably a lot better and a lot more fun and, and a lot more natural for somebody to sit down and, and play a game, whatever, than to just sit in front of a computer, you know, with colors or numbers or whatever flashing at you and yellow, blue, green, one, seven, five. Like, you know, it's not because then you're just kind of concentrating and trying to recite back the thing that you just saw. And I'm sure that's a useful diagnostic tool, but it's not as natural as just kind of reacting normally to something and seeing what the the difference between what you're trying to do and what you actually do is plus the fact that as you said a lot of kids play video games so this is going to be a helpful tool from that standpoint and as we talked about 
in our esports segment from a few episodes ago, a lot of athletes play video games. It's become kind of the downtime default thing that athletes play in the clubhouse just to kill time and, you know, on the road and what have you. So I think this is something that will be useful for kids and for, you know, young adults as well. It's kind of following the natural path of things that uh, this is what we do now. So, you know, it's, it's keeping up. And I, I think it's, uh, long story short, I think this is a great thing. And I applaud them for having the idea and going through with it. And I hope it's wildly successful and, you know, in long run saves people from doing even worse damage and catching things while they can and whatever. It, it seems like a good thing. And I hope that athletes and children are able to reap the benefits that this has the potential to provide. Absolutely. And you were right on the money, too. As a matter of fact, in other related sports techie articles, esports have a high overlap with traditional sports, just like you said, that the athletes play games. And what is referred to as esports is non-athletes play video games, baseball or hockey or whatever, and they compete against one another in virtual leagues like that, which is the birth of esports. Excellent point there. Another excellent point you made, too, is in another related article for sportstechie.com. Now, this is a bit dated, but hopefully the data has gone down. There was a startling article that they posted that listed concussions in youth sports were reported as being up a frightening 500% Oof. from yeah from a four-year study between 2010 and 2014. So hopefully that is down considerably, but Either way, 500% in only four years is a nightmare. Yeah, that's rough. So, right. So between companies like uh, the hockey companies with Bauer and and Easton and CCM working on the helmets and things, baseball too, we've gone through that where now for the minor leaguers, they have to wear a much bigger helmet, beefier helmet with both flaps as opposed to the current major leaguers to hopefully break down uh, or at least cut down on any sort of concussions or anything if they get hit by a pitcher, God forbid, something like that, so so on and so forth. And it's, it does begin from the uh, the ground up with the kids playing. And this is something that we just said, that over a million Canadians have to deal with these horrible injuries and hopefully needlessly that uh, you cut down on that. And, and Lord knows whenever the brain gets damaged in any way, bad things happen. So mm-hmm. it could hurt your personality. It could hurt your functions. The, the list goes on and on. So exactly. Uh, good for Highmark Interactive. It seems like a great idea. I'm with you. Hopefully it's a success. They seem to be on the right track. They know what they're doing mm. and they're going about it in the right way, especially enlisting, as they said, the people who know what they're talking about in uh, Miss Wickenheiser, Mr. Salvador, Mr. O'Brien, And uh, hopefully uh, things will go on from there. And the other cool thing, too, is Max Reddig Mm -hmm. is a fantastic, reliable, and talented reporter. Yes. Because he's a fellow New York Mets fan. Oh, of course. Well, there you go. (laughs) I mean, that's obviously a sign of his uh, quality as a human being. You know, this... Obviously, there are no jerk Mets fans. Every one of us is is a uh, you know stand up guy. So and or girl, I don't want absolutely. You know. That's very but true. I mean, that's obviously an indicator that you know a flawless indicator that. Uh, but you know, I'm glad you brought up the Mets. Just and I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but you were talking about how minor league players are wearing these beefier helmets now because these concussion statistics are skyrocketing. And I think that's as much as anything, that is a, just a kind of an effect of the way that sports are being played today because, and the reason I I mentioned the Mets here uh, and, and tied into that is just the other night, I was watching the Mets game, and the announcers, the broadcasters, were complaining about how players get hurt so much easier now. Pitchers especially blow out their arms now because they're trying to throw a million miles an hour, not trying to kind of pace themselves and play the game the way it used to be and be able to stretch themselves out over the course of the game. And I think that's just indicative of the mindset in sports now. It used to be that, and I don't mean to, you know, kind of be an old man, get off my lawn, you kids, my (laughs) finely manicured field. Um, But, but no, it used to be, it seems to me that 
players were taught fundamentals. This is what you have to do. This is how you have to play the game. And the level of competition kind of increased as they got older and the cream rose to the top. And just, you know, you're, you were evaluated based on your ability to play the game and, just, you know, your, your, your command of the fundamentals as much as anything, as well as your ability to produce the proper results in the proper situation, your ability to read a game. But now it and, and this isn't just baseball. I think this is all sports. It seems like we've gotten to a place where kids need to they feel like they need to be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. You know, it's the kids that hustle the hardest and have the hardest shots and, the you know, can throw the hardest that are the ones that advance. They get the million multi-million dollar contracts. You know, they're the, the young phenoms. And those are the kids and young adults that are getting burnt out and are getting concussed and, you know, get, having their arms fall off because they're not pacing themselves and they're not trying to play smart. They're just trying to go all out 100 miles an hour 100% of the time. And I think that this increase in concussions and, and in brain damage is a side effect of that because, you know, people are getting bigger and stronger and hitting harder and a side effect of those hard hits is going to be brain damage. And I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that that never happened in the past. Now we're able to detect it a lot more than we used to be able to because of the the way we understand the brain to work. But, you know, you see it you see it with uh, the how hard the shots are and how we've talked about this before, how sturdy the equipment has to be now because of it and it's just it's it's just getting worse. And I don't mean to sound you know, like a, a doomsayer. I don't want to be like, oh, we're heading towards our own destruction. But uh, really, I think the fact that we are in kind of this instant gratification, violence on demand, results on demand society, that that's why, you know, I'm going to get down off my soapbox now. I didn't, I didn't mean to go off on quite such a long, uh, rambling, you know, rant about that. But I really do think that this intensity that's become a hallmark of all of our sports and and not just the sports you know a lot of a large part of society as well everything you know there's it seems like there's no more middle ground you know everything is i'm right you're wrong this is the way it is it's black or it's white there's no more gray there's no room for negotiation it, it's it's all just that's just the way it is now and i think um yeah, I've definitely gone off the rails a little bit here. I apologize. But long story short, I think that we're teaching kids to play sports incorrectly. I think we should be going back to a place where we teach our kids that you need to play the right way. You don't need to be the guy who runs through a wall. That's not, you know, that's not the best way to play that, you know, because it's only a game and your health is more important and you know, if you, <laughs> I know, uh, I know someone once said it's better to burn out than to fade away. Or, uh, was it, um, James Dean said, live fast, die young, leave a pretty corpse. <laughs> or, um, but yeah, I, I think we, we are doing our youth a disservice by expecting them to, and encouraging them to play the game the way that they're being taught to play now. And, uh, it would be, you know, these advancements are great, but I also think as a society that we should decide, hey, listen, we're doing it wrong. And for the sake of our children, we need to rethink this whole thing. That's all. No, spoken like a true responsible father, as a matter of fact. And uh, as, as again, as we reference being Mets fans and Ron Darling, who's one of the best color men in the game and was an excellent pitcher in his day, by the way called out the Mets uh, training staff because how do you have all of these guys for so many years going on the DL? It's just like a revolving door. The Mets have been snake bitten, but his point was, and especially like you were saying about pitchers, and we'll get back to hockey in a second, is that they, they're not weightlifters. They're professional baseball players. So stop being macho. Stop going and in in, in lifting weights like a madman. And that's why you're tearing muscles and bad things happen. So that's to your point as well. Another thing is just like we said, if, if concussions are up 500% in such a brief amount of time in four year period for 
peewee league stuff for kids. Exactly. That these kids are playing too hard and, and they're going too fast and let kids be kids. One of the reasons why we do this podcast hit the deck is just for the fun and love of hockey. And if you're good at hockey and you want to pursue it, you start off baby steps. You start off playing deck hockey. Then if you want to graduate to roller hockey and ice hockey and so on and so forth, God bless you by all means. But let the kids develop. Exactly. And the other thing, too, I think, is that when you get phenoms and especially in in hockey, you got young guys like McDavid. And also for Sidney Crosby, I can't choke the words out of my mouth, but he is one of the megastars of the game (laughs) to suffer from concussions so badly and uh, over the last few years. And he's missed a lot of time because of concussions, too. So these kids are encouraged to go too hard, too fast. I mean, they want everybody to be an 18 year old phenom and it's just not natural or healthy. So, and then their careers are over so much quicker. And like you said, the statistics just bear that out. And, uh, that that's just right in front of our eyes. And and we got to do something about that as a society, as parents, as coaches, be responsible, encourage the, the kids to develop in a proper way and healthy way. And then, Hopefully they can make it to the big stage and have a nice long career. And uh, because after that, once they're done playing, devoting their whole lives and sacrificing to a sport, what are they going to do when they retire? You got to worry about that, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of the live fast, die young nonsense. I I think life is a uh, marathon. So kind of pace yourself and enjoy yourselves and keep plenty of time for your family too, by the way. But anyway, yeah, so, so that's what this is all about. And hopefully for the more important thing with, with Highmark Interactive, I think that's why they, they went this route to make sure that they could help as many people as possible by going through video games and good for them. By the way, I just want to, since we are talking about children and what have you, I just want to take this opportunity at the podcast to uh, wish good luck to the youngest member of the LIQ, Nolan, who just started preschool. So, uh, you know, good luck, buddy. All right, man. Knock him dead. All right. And speaking of getting ready for uh, a new start, we move on to the NHL preseason and all the fun training camp-esque activities that go along with it. Yes, sir. Preseason games start on Saturday, September 16th. Please check your favorite team's website for TV details because coverage is usually limited for the preseason. Um, But, of course, the NHL Network is out there and on SiriusXM. You can check it out there, too. But uh, we need us some hockey. (laughs) Um, It's uh, out there. It's coming (laughs) from inside the house. (laughs) The NHL continues its international promotion, by the way, too. This time they're playing in China, of all places. And that will be on September 21st. And on my sister-in-law's birthday, uh, September 23rd, the Kings and Canucks drew the short straws for that. So uh, they will be uh, playing each other in China on September 21st and 23rd and swap being the home team. So we'll see how that goes. I'm Uh, going to uh, strategically avoid making any kind of remarks (laughs) about China that could be construed as being culturally insensitive because they have the largest standing army in the world and they have a number of highly skilled hackers. And uh, um, my password is like one, two, three, four, five. So uh, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to test anybody who could do us harm there. So uh, good on you, China. Good thinking, American Rhino. Yeah, you got it. Uh, So after those games, quickly following are the Dream Come True Craft Hockeyville games, which will be on September 24th and the 25th. If you're not familiar with that, the company Craft, you know, like the cheese company and stuff like that, they sponsor something called Craft Hockeyville, where in America and Canada, X amount of people and towns are allowed to put in for a contest to win hosting a professional NHL hockey game, preseason game in your home arena or town or, or rink, which is just, forget it. I mean, that would just blow my mind if uh, that would ever happen to us in Queens or Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, an NHL team could play on our handball court, though. Yeah, I don't think so either. They, might, they might have some trouble getting uh, you know, lines on and off the <laughs> surface. It would be worth a try. <laughs> so. Although they probably could play at the World Ice Arena where we skate. That. That seems like it would probably be a good time. 
That's true. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that uh, I guess when the Islanders already have that squared away, but when they move to Brooklyn, that maybe they could have practiced there, but they still have their practice facility all lined up in, in Long Island, I believe they're still in. But um, anyway, the yeah. uh, winner in America was Bell Vernon, Pennsylvania. They won the honor of hosting the Blues-Penguins game on September 24th. Cool. Although and up, oh, I'm, not, me. I'm not generally in favor of Pennsylvania, you know, just as a general concept, but good for you winning that uh, game. Yeah, I, I guess they can't lose. I mean, the freaking Penguins won the Stanley Cup the last couple of years, so then they get to see their team open up the preseason. Anyway, uh, in Canada, Prince Edward Island, which I don't know where it is or whatever, but they won to host the Devils Senators as they will play on September 25th. Cool. Well, if it's the Senators game, I'm guessing it's somewhere in the vicinity of Ottawa. That would make sense, yeah. and you're a logical man, so I'll, I'll go with that. No, that's fine. Yeah, and actually, no, just sorry. Uh, you know what? Go ahead. Continue, please. I'll circle back after. Please finish your thought. Okay. Then, then the only thing, too, was just a little promotion for the NHL and Kraft Hockeyville. Since launching in Canada back in 2006, Kraft Hockeyville has positively impacted 82 communities with over $3 million donated in arena upgrades across Canada and the U.S. So it's just a win-win-win situation. That's that's awesome. That's a lot of individually packaged slices of cheese. <laughs> and, uh, you know, good for them. That That really is a wonderful thing that they do. So I applaud that. Absolutely. And I just wanted to circle back to what you said before. I, I was joking about China. But as far as you said the, the Kings and the Canucks drew the short straw in yeah. going over to China, mm -hmm. uh, it makes sense because they're two West Coast teams, right? And the obviously being on the West Coast, they're the closest American teams to China. So, it, you know, it's still a pretty long and drawn out trip, no doubt. And the time zone thing is going to be nuts, but it's slightly better for those teams than it would be for, uh, you know, a, a central or or East Coast team. So I understand why they grabbed those. You know, also, it's two fairly large markets. You know, you got L.A. for the Kings, who are pretty popular, and obviously the Canadian market in Vancouver. So not only are you getting two teams that are on the right side of the country for this, but you've also got two markets with somewhat rabid fan bases that can probably lend some extra support and extra credibility to this game. So, uh, yeah, it, I understand why those teams were chosen for this trip, even though it probably won't be fun for them when it comes you know, time to recover from the jet lag. Yeah, as a matter of fact, because uh, the Rangers were involved in this a few years ago, and I do believe that the Kings recently also, and uh, it did take them a while to uh, get back into the swing of things. And I guess with the new contract negotiations that the NHL made sure that they would lessen the burden as best as possible on the players. But uh, yeah, between the long season and, and the short off season, and then all that traveling and all that, and then having to jump into preseason and then playing the regular season, it's grueling. And if you're good enough to get to the postseason, good luck, because that is just a whole other animal to deal with. Yes, sir. So, yeah, we can continue. I'm sorry. I did, didn't mean to interrupt the flow of the conversation. I just didn't want to let that pass without touching back and adding some actual informed conversation to uh, my usual brand of nonsense. I don't think he interrupted it at all. I mean, the, the segment was over, and that was perfect. So, right. Well done, sir. Oh, well, Give yeah. yourself the assist. Yeah! Hey! Well done. Thank you. Now let's go hop on Fantasy Island. Boss, boss, the draft, the draft. Yes, tattoo. <laughs> Welcome to Fantasy Island. Can I draft Ricardo Montalban? Dang it. <laughs> The Queen's Crash is stacked as it is, but you got Khan now. Khan! <laughs> I mean, I definitely want the Ricardo Montalban Khan, not the uh, Doctor Strange, what's his name, Khan. My sister's going to kill me. She, she refers to him as her husband. What's his name? Uh, the, the English guy that everybody loves. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know um, who you're talking about. I don't that know his guy name, that I'm was sorry. in the new Star Trek movie. The into darkness right that con oh, yeah. where he played he he definitely wasn't playing con until he was totally con 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Certain things don't exist in my universe, and that movie is one of them. (laughs) By the way, speaking of universes, this is a total tangent and and a total side trip off of the hockey. Uh, And we did this again last week. Or we did this again last week. Yeah, okay, tenses, Mac. But <laughs> do you have any idea about the continuity of the new Star Trek series? I've, I've heard, I'm talking about Star Trek Discovery, if you're not aware, and that is going to be uh, streaming on CBS All Access this season. It's like their streaming pay service only. You can't watch it on TV, so... I mean, I'm sure there'll be like pirated streams and stuff, but uh, we here at Hit the Deck do not encourage any kind of illegal or illicit activity. So uh, if you're going to watch it, of course, we encourage you to do so on the up and up. But nevertheless, I've heard that it takes place 10 years before the original series, but the current movie universe is kind of takes place in the time of the original series, but in a different continuity because of events that happened in Star Trek, which is the movie that came out in, I don't know, 2010 was that? I don't remember what year it was. But regardless. It was 09, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Close enough. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm wondering what continuity this new series takes place in. Is it in the movie continuity or is it in the uh, William Shatner continuity? I, I, I don't know. That's okay. I just thought I'd ask. If you know, dear listener, please feel free to hit us up. I mean, I'm sure I could probably Google it or something, but I'm lazy. So I'm putting this on you. If you know, please feel free to reach out to us. Email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Tweet at us at hitthedeckpod or send us a message on our Facebook page or Instagram at hitthedeck and uh, tell me because I need to know what continuity does this new Star Trek series take place in. So, uh, you know, I can get my uh, Trekkie on. And we all should. So good, good, good on that. But thank you, sir. But getting back on to to the Benedict Cumberbatch. That's his name. Oh, okay. I I wouldn't have known that if you. Or Cumberdict Bandersnatch, as I refer to him, because he has a (sighs) silly name. But anyway, so that 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 is the gentleman. That is uh, the the (laughs) non-con. Hashtag not my con. There you go. So does anybody in Hit the Deck Land actually participate in fantasy hockey? If so, would you mind sharing how your season goes on our Facebook page? It would just be uh, out of curiosity. would like to see how it goes, especially if you take our advice. Because Gary and I did, uh, I think we did a pretty good job in, in at least coming up with players that if you don't have a good draft pick selection, if you're low in the draft, however you do it, if it's automatic or if you get together with friends and, and, and do it that way or if you have to spend money to buy players and things like that. We have a good team for you that may be a great team, but the best part is it's on a budget. So we got that to look forward to. Um, Ricardo Montalcan. It was right there. How did I miss it? Uh, well, anyway, yes, that's who I want. <laughs> That's not fair. You expect me to do the rest of the podcast now after dropping that bomb on me? Plus, his ship will be upholstered in rich Corinthian leather. (laughs) So it's got that going for it. Tattoo. (laughs) That was a good show, Fantasy Island. Watch that in syndication, summers, growing up. Uh, You know, uh, enjoyable i'm sure looking back on it now i'm sure the show was far too adult for me to be watching but my folks were at work and it was summer vacation and it was on tv and back then we only had like five channels so you know you watched what was on and fantasy island was on so i watched it and i enjoyed it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's not fair oh anyway (laughs) It was what it was, James. I mean, you know, it was pre-internet uh, for the most part, that's, or at that's least the true. modern internet as we know it now. We didn't have cable, so I didn't have, you know, a thousand channels to choose from. Not that there were a thousand channels back then, but eh, it, it, this is my childhood. This is, <laughs> this is why I am the way I am. How did we survive? Talking about <laughs> head injuries and stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, man, you're the best, but... uh Anyway, in, in the past, uh, have you ever tried fantasy sports at all, American Rhino? Uh, 
no, no, not really. I have honestly, I'm going to be totally honest. I've never seen the appeal. Like I follow my team, as I've stated before on the podcast, I follow my team, which in the case of hockey is the Rangers. And I don't really follow other teams, so I don't really familiarize myself with the best players on the other teams. And I, I don't get the whole appeal of picking players and, you know, drafting players just for fun and using their real world statistics to see who has the best team. I mean, I, I guess... I understand why certain people would find it appealing, but I don't understand why it has reached the level of appeal and acclaim that it has. I don't understand why it has that level of kind of universal appeal verging on mania that is uh, kind of the, the standard now. And I don't begrudge people fantasy sports. You know, you do you. you if you enjoy it, do it. Go nuts. But it's not my thing, so the very long answer to a very simple question is is ultimately no. Great. So, yeah, we're on the same page there, believe it or not, the, the American Rhino and I. But uh, I actually tried baseball in the past and, and did pretty well with it. But nice. Yeah, it was just way too – there was no gambling or money involved either, by the way. So I think that's one of the reasons why fantasy sports has taken off because of the gambling aspect for it. If you want to do that, like Gary said – just at least be responsible, but and the leagues love it too because fans get engaged with it and and are forced to follow other teams and players and things like that. So then the, there's more money to be made with the cable companies and stuff. So you could watch the other teams and, and other leagues and things. But anyway, sure, you got your uh, your NFL Sunday ticket and your NHL uh, season pass or whatever it's yep. called and mm-hmm. MLB All Access. I don't I don't know, but yes, you. I don't know if that that's actually what any of those things are called. But uh, yes, that's what <laughs> that those services do. In fact, and I'm sure basketball has one too. Uh, those services do, in fact, benefit from that sort of thing, and I'm sure Vegas also benefits what, as what, well. What? Huh? No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But bottom line is, Gary and I are not fans of fantasy because it's a fake. Exactly right. Thank you very much, Senator Brinak. Well done, sir. Yeah, no worries. But uh, in case you are, and, and if, if you want to do it, like we said, we're, we're here to help. So on the other part, because we're just that, we're good guys, you know, we, we don't judge and, and we try and uh, help out as much as we can. So yes, uh, we're not judgmental in the slightest. No, no. <laughs> um, and and it, it's easy to pick the best players, obviously. But uh, the real skill is avoiding the guys who will hurt your team. And that's really a crapshoot sometimes. You never know who's going to be hurt or who was traded to another team and doesn't really gel yet and so on and so forth. Lord knows. But For instance, uh, if you were doing fantasy baseball this season and you picked anyone who was on the Mets, then uh, you're out of luck. Exactly. You SOL, my friend. Because that person that you picked, doesn't matter who, he spent a significant amount of time on the disabled list this year. Very true. Sad but true. But uh, for the hockey part, uh, now's a great time to make friends with the hockey data people that we mentioned in last edition of the podcast. And and thank you for retweeting our tweet for uh, talking about hockey data. So Mm -hmm. very, very cool. For our local teams, for the fantasy stuff, uh, going by the experts on NHL.com. Their list of the 250 best fantasy players that will get you the most points. Uh, No Ranger or Devil made the top 50 ranking, but John Tavares is deservedly up there in the top 20. So good for you Islander fans out there. Before we get into this, just laying down some ground rules. First, we'll sort out questions and then give a starting line at the end that is supposed to be good and on a tight budget. So just letting you guys know that out there. Let's be honest, James. It's good for Islander fans that Tavares is still an Islander. Yeah. You know, even that's not, that wasn't set in stone for, uh, and I guess it still isn't. But No, you're um, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing this season. Um, at the end of the year, he's going to be a free agent or whatever the case is. So they, they need to hammer that out. I guess he's figuring he wants to see where the franchise is going to go. Of course. Literally, yeah. If they're going to stay in Brooklyn or they'll probably go back to Long Island or maybe even um, right by uh, City Field in Queens. But uh, they'll sort all that fun stuff out. And again, so getting back to the fantasy stuff, this is all based on individual player points and not team success in case you're not familiar with how fantasy sports work. 
And in my opinion, that's why Ovechkin is such a great fantasy player, not necessarily a great team player in real life, but uh, he puts up the points. He takes a million shots, and a lot of them find the back of the net, as uh, Ranger fans unfortunately know firsthand. So Mm -hmm. big question mark is, will he stay healthy? Because speaking of being on the IR or DL, he was uh, out for a long period of time last season. And he's getting older, too. So we'll see how that goes. Other question marks are Stamkos. Sagan on Dallas and Malkin on Pittsburgh. They're also uh, had injuries to deal with last season. I think Sagan is even starting the season on the IR, but uh, all great picks. If you could get them, I I think that they would have a lot to um, give in terms of points. But uh, again, these players are getting older and if they've lost significant time, that might catch up with them as the uh, fantasy stuff goes along. And I'm not talking about the teams themselves or the players in real life, but for fantasy stuff, everything is about points. And you can kill yourself if you sit a certain player and and he has a good night, or you put in a guy that did nothing, and then it really drives you nuts in that aspect. So it's really kind of splitting hairs here. You want to get the most points out of the best players you can every night or how many times your teams, quote-unquote, play each other in the leagues that you're in for fantasy. Yeah, it has to be, uh, you have to do a cold, hard assessment of the facts and statistics. You may love a player, but you probably don't get a lot of points in these leagues for heart. So you have to evaluate the fact that, you know, you're, you're choose with your head, not with your heart, because those players are invaluable to a team, but to a fantasy team, they're not, not so much. Exactly. And and also on a side note, thank you very much, Mr. Tyler Sagan, for donating a ball hockey court to the Boys and Girls Club of Collin County, Texas. Yeah. And that's that's beyond awesome. And he's our kind of guy. So hopefully yeah, the Rangers will buy him soon or something. I but, hope that um, ball hockey court is not currently underwater. Exactly right. And, and as Gary, exactly very true. Our thoughts and prayers are still with the victims of Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. And also on the East Coast here in Florida, hopefully Hurricane Irma will, at the recording of this podcast, it's, it's due to really do a lot of damage in Florida and the, the Southeast of the United States. So hopefully Hurricane Irma will just fly off to the Atlantic and harmlessly die out in the ocean and not hurt anybody or do any more damage because we're still kind of recovering from uh, Harvey. So we, we don't need any more of that needless pain and suffering. Yeah, your lips to God's ears, but it doesn't look like it's going to go that way right now. So, you know, hunker down if you're down in Florida, You're uh, if you're still there. Hopefully, if you're in the line of fire, you've been able to get out. But if you can't or just you know, don't want to, for whatever reason, hunker down and, you know, try and make the best of things, make the best decisions that you can with whatever comes at you and, you know, try to be safe. That's all. Amen. Thank you for that, Mr. American Rhino. And uh, let's hope that Jose, who's coming in hot on the heels of Irma, doesn't also do too much damage. Yeah, yeah, boy, uh, they're not kidding when I say that it's uh, hurricane season. Yeah, Jose is uh, already a category three hurricane. And it is also headed this way, I believe, at current models. Oh, boy. All right. More fun to, uh, to begin. But yeah. anyway, in the meantime, for the fantasy out there, uh, Young Bucks, Connor McDavid, and Austin Matthews have big targets on their backs and a lot of pressure on their shoulders. So beware of that. Obviously, they're very high on the picks for players to give you the most points. And forwards are always the first few picks to go out there because they usually score the most goals and therefore have the most assists and and put up the most points. Sure. But for the American Rhino, how about the goalies? Who are you looking at uh, if you had uh, a choice to fill out a roster? Well, completely off the top of my head and with no research assistance from my partner, I'm going to say that obviously... You know, the, the, the king, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, here in New York is, you know, you're, you're looking at, based on his history, you're guaranteed at least 30 wins from him. You know, 30 from 30, which is nice. And uh, he, he's reliable. He's getting up there in his career, but you can still count on a solid season. Although towards the, uh, the, the winter, you know, December, January months, if you have like a goalie tandem, a strong goalie tandem, you might want to consider swapping him out because he does tend to slump in that part of the season. But, you know, he starts strong and he ends strong. So, 
you're not going to go wrong if you pick up Hank. Yeah, speaking of, of the tri-state area in, in Jersey, you got Schneider, I think, is a great goalie. Just the last year, the last couple of years, the teams in front of him weren't that good. And Halak in, uh, for the Islanders, too. I think they're, they're pretty good options as well, don't you think? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> he's had that uh, team on Halak down. <laughs> I deserve that. And, uh, of course, on the West Coast, you've got uh, Jonathan Quick, and yep. um, who's, who's been very strong for L.A., and he had uh, a rough end to the last season, and hopefully he can rebound from that for, for the King's sake, especially since he's got a Chinese showcase to play in. Yeah, and, right. uh, you know, you, you've got an entire sport on your back there, buddy. So no pressure, but yeah, I'm I'm sure he'll be fine. He's a he's a he's a good goalie, and all goalies go through bad stretches. So yeah, so quick, and then back here on the East Coast, you've got Carey Price in Montreal. Who, much as I despise the thought of praising Montreal for anything ever, he uh, has been a very solid goalie for them, and uh, you can't go wrong with really any of those guys. Awesome. And, and also, just out of curiosity, let's say that, uh, I don't know if these guys are, are offhand or ranked high or not, but would it be a good strategy to go with guys like Murray or Vasilevsky of uh, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay who have the benefit of high offensive teams in front of you? So not necessarily do they have to make a lot of saves every night, but you're probably pretty good statistically speaking, you're going to get the wins for the least amount of, of, of effort. Yeah. If if you can't get one of those other guys first, then one of these guys is probably a good choice. But the trade-off you have to remember with these high offensive teams is that a lot of the goals kind of outweigh, they just outscore the other team. So if you've got a goalie who's sitting behind a high-powered offense, you're going to get the wins, but you, you know, you're also probably going to give up goals because, one you've got you know you don't need to be an elite goaltender because you got a team in front of you that can score and can keep the puck out of the zone and dominate play so you're going to give up goals that an elite goalie might not give up and also when you're in a very high scoring game even the best people even the best athletes kind of get in the mindset that oh we have a huge lead so I maybe don't have to try as hard I can afford to give up a goal here or there and I don't have to kill myself because we're still going to win. I mean, no goalie wants to give up goals, but it's it's kind of a mental, you know, excusing yourself if it happens. So you might just subconsciously let up uh, or relax just that slight bit more than you would if you were in a very tight game. So that's probably going to lead to a few extra goals here and there. So your save percentage might be slightly lower and... From a statistical standpoint, that could cause a, a negative effect on your team. So, yeah, I would say those are not going to be your top tier picks, but those are definitely safe picks if you can't get an elite guy. Excellent point. Yeah, exactly right. That safe percentages and, and shots blocked, uh, saved and things like that, they do add up in fantasy points. So thank you very much, American Rhino, for helping us out there. So for the defensemen, I mean, there is a plethora of great defensemen, individual defensemen to pick from, but they don't necessarily give you a lot of points. So I think on the high end, maybe you'll get, you know, 50 to 70 points out of a good defenseman. And there's nobody better than Burns over in San Jose. You got Hedman in Tampa Bay, who's fantastic. Carlson, who is uh, he's coming off of big injuries, a big injury season. So we'll see how he bounces back. But he's uh, pretty much an offensive defenseman as you get out there. Then you got Shea Weber, who's not ranked as high as I thought he should be over in Montreal. I would take him any day of the week. And Dottie over in, uh, in, in L.A. and McDonough over here in New York, as a matter of fact. So uh, th those are good options as well. They do have Shattenkirk ranked high for a defenseman. But as a Ranger fan, I'm a little weary because I think he may have too much pressure on himself to adjust to New York and the Ranger system, plus the fact that I don't think we have much of an offense, but I hope to be wrong on that too. So I think there's a little bit too much pressure on Hank and the defense for as good a defensive team as the Rangers have been over the last year. I think they rely too much on uh, that part of the game, and you really got to put the puck in the net to help these guys out and win the game. So we'll see how that goes. But he is ranked highly 
is uh, Shattenkirk. So uh, if you get a chance to get him, I think he's worth the worth it. So James, as our resident defensive expert in a fantasy game from a fantasy perspective, do you look for a high-scoring offensive defenseman who maybe doesn't have a great plus-minus because he he's on the ice for a lot of goals given up as well? Or do you look for a shutdown defenseman with a lot of blocked shots but not a lot of offensive capability? Fantastic question. So assuming that the fantasy points, and again, I've never played fantasy hockey, if they do put a lot more emphasis on points in terms of goals and assists, then yeah, in fantasy, this is strictly fantasy that I would go for the uh, the guy like Carlson who does light the lamp a lot more and, and has more assists and power play goals and things of that nature. Uh, I do think you you should at least get points for plus minus exactly, which is really important for a defenseman to have uh, as, as small a uh, minus as possible. And hopefully um, you have pluses. So that that's an important part of the real defensive game. So we'll see about that. But I, I do think that it would probably be better for a guy who isn't giving up a lot of goals or on the ice for giving up a lot of goals, but does have a lot of points if you could get over that average 50 to 70 point mark or whatever the case is for the defenseman in terms of baking in a fantasy team. So, yeah, to, to answer your question strictly, I would go with the, as much offense as possible only on fantasy. In real life, obviously, I'm going for the shutdown defenseman to do his job. Because anything, if you if you score goals, that's just that's that's gravy. That's great, but uh, you're there to to stop goals. All right, thank you. That's a great observation. Thank you, sir. Just following your lead uh, over for your brethren in the uh, in, in the crease. One other thing, I think Gary and I would agree on this is that we would avoid most anyone on Vegas because expansion teams usually get beaten up in their first season. I dare say you shouldn't bet on Vegas. Nah. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, no, but James is right. The players that are drafted from expansion teams, well, not necessarily, or for expansion teams, well, not necessarily bad. They're also not the high-powered superstars and the cream of the crop because they're the players that were left unprotected by their teams, which is to say the players that were judged less valuable than other players on each of those respective teams. So... You know, they may have a solid team. It it could wind up being uh, that perfect storm that Herb Brooks, uh, you know, I don't want the best players. I want the right players. Mm. And as a team, they could wind up doing very well. But they're probably not going to put up the kind of superstar statistics that are going to light up your fantasy team. So even if they're a good team, they're probably not good fantasy picks yet. I mean, in the first year, I'm sure through free agency and trades and what have you, within the next five to ten years, they'll have their share. But for right now, I wouldn't. But I don't know anything about fantasy. So why are you listening to me? <laughs> it's true, too, that they play in the Pacific Division, and that's a pretty stacked division. Well, I mean, every division is stacked in, in the NHL. But yeah, to totally right. And, and again, we're just trying to emphasize that this is strictly fantasy. So for any... Vegas Golden Knights fans out there, we're not looking to bash your team. We want them to do well, as a matter of fact. Uh, this is just strictly fantasy, all about points and nothing else. So, yep. yeah. Uh, and, and finally, the American Rhino and I could not draft Sidney Crosby simply based on principle. Yeah, sit down, so, you crybaby. Let somebody yeah, else get all your fantasy points. Exactly right. I mean, we see him light the lamp against us more as it is, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. But for our team, for our seven guys that we think would be great and uh, wonderful bangs for the buck, if you will. It's center, uh, an ex-ranger, and I miss him so much already, Derek Stepan. I think he's going to have a really good year over in Arizona. And again, as we said, the Pacific is going to probably benefit from beating up on Vegas too, so they may be a little bit uh, padded stats there. Over on right wing, I think Blake Wheeler of uh, the Winnipeg Jets would be a great pickup because they have a pretty good offense and a couple of good players out there. Uh, I think Wheeler is a type of guy that if you're not really an NHL fan or if you're not familiar with Winnipeg, he kind of go flies under the radar. So pick him up if you can. Taylor Hall of New Jersey, and this one is for Sue more than anything else, but I really <laughs> think that uh, as left wing, he's young. He's still young. He had uh, a long time to adjust to the new team 
over in Jersey last year, and I think he's just too talented to not be as good as he can be. He's fast, too, so that's, that's definitely a plus at that position. Absolutely true, right. So I think last year was just an adjustment and a fluke, and the real Taylor Hall will show forth this year. Sticking with our wonderful fans, and really, honestly, I, I really like these guys. Gary and I really like these guys, too. This is for Anthony Novello. Uh, on defense, uh, one of our defensemen, we're going with Nick Letty of the New York Islanders. This guy is pretty much 40 points in the bank. I think he could probably put up at least 50 points this year. Over on the other side of defense, I'm going for broke here. Brent Burns. Now, yeah, this guy is a high pick. And defense is important, so I think it can be a steal in that. This guy is probably going to be drafted high in your draft picks for fantasy. So if you could pick him up, I think he, uh, he will make you look really smart and help you out in the long run. Excellent. To get a, right, to, to get a high-end uh, defenseman. And Gary, if you wouldn't mind telling us who's going to be in goal. Uh, you know, I had to think about this one long and hard, but... Uh... Uh, I think we're going to go with Henrik Lundqvist, the uh, that that young man in the crease uh, out of the New York Rangers. He's he's a veteran. He is obviously getting up in in years. So I don't know how many spectacular seasons he has left, but this is probably still going to be a pretty productive season for him. And even if he's on the decline. You're still, like we said before, looking at probably 30 wins or more, and a bunch of those are going to be shutouts. So, you know, even with the the bad stretches that he tends to go through here and there, on the whole, you're still going to benefit from having him in the pipes. Sounds good to me, and a nice, honest, good assessment on that, too. So much appreciated. So as for the rest of your 20-man roster, you're on your own, guys, but uh, that's what we got for the starting seven. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. So uh, this brings us to the end of another Hit the Deck. Uh, it was a little longer than I expected it to be, but uh, thanks for sticking with us. We are so very happy, as always, to have you along for the ride. We would like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to Anthony Novello. Anthony Novello. Thank you to Anthony Novello and, and, and Superfan Sue for listening and uh, sticking with us. But thank you to Anthony Sejazi for music used in the podcast. Thank you to the LIQ for sound effects provided to the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, and we hope you do, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, which is now Apple Podcast, or Stitcher, or Spotify. I like saying that. Spotify. I don't know why. It's just, I don't use it. I don't use the service, but it's just Spotify. I don't know. So, uh, you know, that's, that's definitely an option. YouTube, I know I've been saying it a lot over the past few months, but it's finally real. I've got me that new laptop, and uh, the videos are going to be coming soon. So this is your opportunity to get in on the ground floor. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Hit the Deck Podcast. And you'll be glad you did. I promise I want to encourage you, if you'd like to contact us, if you'd like to tell us your fantasy picks, if you'd like to tell us uh, your opinion on why we are wrong about our opinion on how we should be uh, training or not training our children to play athletic games, and uh, if really, if you want to contact us for anything, just to shoot the breeze, Please feel free to do so. Email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Again, that is D-E-K, deck hockey, hitthedeck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us. Rock and Robin. So uh, do so at Hit the Deck Pod, and we will be happy to tweet back at you. Tweet you back, yo. I don't, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I apologize. Instagram and Facebook, we are Hit the Deck. Uh, you can you know, find us there. And uh, really, we want to hear from you. So please feel free to, to shoot us uh, a message, drop us a line, whatever's on your mind. James, uh, is there anything you would care to add before we close this thing? Yeah, a couple of things. One, I, I'm horrible at math. I don't know why I said the starting seven. I meant to say starting six. Sort <laughs> of. For the fantasy games or team, so apologies there. Well, you you count the mascot, right? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, sure, right. Um, so, um, thank you. Sure. Uh, and 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 on a serious note too, at the recording of this podcast, September eleventh, twenty seventeen, mm. is coming up. So, just uh, as a gentle reminder, and I'm sure our fans that listen to this podcast were speaking to the choir, but just in case 
somebody may not be as respectful as he should, just let him or her know that we all should be respectful to those who lost loved ones in that horrible, cowardly terrorist attacks of the World Trade Center, Pentagon, and on the hijacked planes. And the same goes for the heroic first responders and all those who helped in the long nightmare of the recovery effort. So just want to say God bless those brave victims and the loved ones that they left behind. Well said. Thank you, James. Thank you, sir. Oh, now, I, now I'm supposed to be funny and, and close out the podcast after that. All right. You know what? Let's let's do this. Let's uh, since this is kind of a rough time for our country with the natural disasters that we've faced and are continuing to face and uh, whatever else we're dealing with. I will uh, end this podcast on a solemn, serious note and say that, you know, we're all in this together. So, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever you're facing, whatever you encounter, you know, we're all people where we're neighbors. If if you're listening to this from the country of origination, then we're all Americans. And uh, if you are international, we're all human beings. And so, you know, just keep that in mind when you, you run into some kind of adversity. And remember, it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Rubber uh, baby I, buggy bumpers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Sorry. Mamemi uh, momu. In case. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs>